0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Failing to Succeed podcast with me Louise Stevenson and today we're talking about a subject that I think most people will deal with at least some point in their career. It's toxic people in the workplace and toxic working environments. When I was recording this episode I was thinking about what I wanted to share on this subject and I realised that having worked for ad agencies For over 10 years now, I've managed to pick up on certain buzzwords and phrases that employers and recruitment companies will use to, to highlight that it's a place where they expect you just to put up with anything that they might throw at you. A bit to cover their own back, but also essentially what they're saying is, we need someone with no boundaries because we're not going to treat you that well. And this is the industry, so if you want a job, you'll just put up with it. And I've become really good at noticing these phrases now, which obviously put me off the rolls. And there's one story in particular that came to mind. So I studied publishing and it was my dream job to work for Condé Nast. They published lots of magazines like GQ, Glamour, Tatler, The New Yorker, Wired, but most importantly, Vogue. And it was my absolute dream goal to land a job there. I started working in Adland and soon realised it was hard grafting. You had to be willing to sacrifice a lot to move up the ladder, or even just to keep your job. I interviewed with Condé Nast a bunch of times. I never got the job because either I wasn't right, or the salary wasn't right, or the timing wasn't right, or whatever. And then finally, when I had enough experience and I was a freelancer, a position at Vogue came up. You can imagine how happy I was. I thought, obviously, this is my chance. Amazing. Anyway, because I've been in the business long enough to spot these phrases in the job description, I was so disheartened when I picked it up and it was like, fast-paced environment, which basically means getting a six-week job done in two, has thick skin, meaning there will be some people there who will be difficult to work with, can deal with big characters, which tells me there's big egos in the team and probably gonna be walking into a really negative atmosphere. I have to say, actually, I've never worked at both full disclosure, or for Quentin Asked, and therefore I actually cannot speak for their office. This was also years ago, so not the editorial team that are in there now, but I just knew that if a recruitment company was gonna give me a heads up on it before I even went to meet them, I wasn't sure if this was gonna be a company for me. It pained me so much, but I just knew I couldn't go for the interview because of what I was potentially walking into. And I have to say, this isn't just Vogue, like this goes for probably 90% of the jobs that I've applied for and got or not got in London. And it's just not okay because what we're doing is we're saying, we know that these places aren't healthy places to work in but it doesn't matter and we're going to keep perpetuating this toxic environment because this is how it's always been and this is how it's going to be so you either link it or lump it you either have a job or you don't have a job and i went along with it for years like every agency i walked into i was like oh yeah fast-paced working environment yeah yeah i get that i get that And I was just so conditioned to being stressed up to my eyeballs every single day, vibrating at a really high frequency to try and get work done because the promises that they made to these clients were just unachievable. So in this episode I'm joined by Jess Young, who's an incredible nail artist, musician, influencer, filmmaker and founder of Boys in Polish, but what happens when all of this is put into jeopardy by the people around you? That's exactly where Jess found herself with her agent, who was also supposed to be her friend. Join us as we chat toxic work environments, our failure to spot them, our failure to act on them, and then what we should do once we've realised we need to leave our situation. I was drawn to get my nails done by you because of this absolutely fabulous thing that you've started called Boys in Polish. As soon as I heard about that, I thought, oh my goodness, this girl is fantastic. I need to go meet her. So, could you tell us a bit about Boys and Polish, why you started it, and what the inspiration was behind it?
1: Yeah, of course. So, Boys and Polish is what, like four years old now, and I started it during my year of art foundation. I was just immersed in such a creative environment and met so many creative people that I'd never encountered before and amongst the group of people that I met there were a couple of guys who just loved wearing nail polish and did it so effortlessly and it was so refreshing for me to see as a nail artist and working at a nail salon at the time because you know we we rarely got male clients walking in and feeling comfortable getting their nails done and it just made me think why can't guys wear nail polish like this should be for everyone like self-care should be accessible for everyone you know yeah
0: absolutely and also
1: just visually it was so refreshing and I I just felt this urge to like go through of this idea before anyone else was to rob it from me so that summer I just decided to shoot a bunch of my guy friends wearing nail polish more just as a visual response yeah but then the feedback I got from doing this small project was so loving and supportive I just decided to keep it as an ongoing series I love it And then a year later, I decided to turn it into its own Instagram page. And now it's just a really lovely platform of men, boys of all ages, races, all kinds of sexualities that just come together and want to support each other and, you know, support each other's openness and self-expression. And I just...
0: Through nail varnish. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I think it's, it's such a beautiful idea because... It's self acceptance, creativity, all of that, you know, in one place. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. And oh, thank you. you, and you were at War, right? Wah nails, which I think was the were they the first ever nail shop in Topshop?
1: I was definitely a Wah fan before I ever even started working there, and from what I knew prior to working there, it was like the most renowned nail art salon in the world mm. <laughs> unfortunately it doesn't exist anymore but you know it was all thanks to that experience and that you know me immersing myself in that industry mm. and all that creativity that allowed me to I guess come up with this idea.
0: Can you tell us a bit about all the many hats that you wear because you're what in early 20s Jess?
1: 24, 24 24 of age I never like saying I'm I'm this year's old because I feel like aging is a beautiful thing and we shouldn't ask oh how old are you or like you know when we were, we were someone where this this year's old I like to say I'm I'm 24 years young wow
0: I love that it's like when I'm 80 I'll be like I'm 80 years
1: young I love the way you say honestly <laughs> I absolutely love the way you say I think it's fantastic oh, definitely I, oh thank
0: i, I you. need a bit of that in my life
1: Oh, I mean, it's also in my surname, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's <is> so true. <laughs> it fits perfectly. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, at 24, I think I actually admire you so much because mm-hmm. for me, I grew up in the time where it was like, go school, go uni. Get this job, progress through this job. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of before the gig economy really existed and before people were encouraged to wear multiple Mm -hmm. hats. And you've come in at a time where that is so completely the norm, but you have embraced it like no one else that I've really ever seen, especially at your age, where you've worked for your family restaurant you're now doing music you've done the nail stuff You're an influencer I feel like you just embrace whatever there is out there to to go and get oh
1: that's so sweet I try
0: <laughs> you try hard oh, and it's working
1: <laughs> I think it just honestly it just comes from me being so grateful for life like I don't tell many people this and you know obviously I don't want to be defined by it but I was actually really sick when I was younger Oh. um yeah. So when I was around thirteen, I was really struggling with a condition called lupus, and I was in hospital for like six months. No
0: way, Jess.
1: And I was yeah, and I was like really depressed, and it was a really like dark time of my life. And I honestly,
0: wow.
1: I honestly like I don't think my family thought I was gonna make it. Like oh. it was re- it was really really like dark. And so now that I've come out of that, it's like in a way I. I'm grateful it happened. Obviously, it was so dark, but I'm grateful it happened because now I just live life to the fullest because I know what it feels like to not live it or almost not live it at all,
0: you know? Oh my goodness, completely. Um, Yeah. So what were like the main things that you had to go through whilst your health was failing you? And then what do you think that gave to you?
1: I think it just taught me so much about life and because it happened to me so young there was there was just so much to think about and the thoughts were so deep for a 13 year old mm. girl you know Like the sorts of things I was thinking just I don't even think my family were able to comprehend because they weren't in my situation. At the time all I remember is just not feeling normal because I was out of school like you know all my school friends they were just getting on with their lives and I remember there was a period where I was discharged to come home but basically physically I wasn't well so what was happening was that my body was retenting a lot of fluid so I actually was swollen everywhere and it just really like dampened my self-esteem physically yeah so I didn't actually want to leave the house and I remember all I was doing was just checking my my Blackberry BBM (laughs) just for like any any kind of like attention or like conversation or any kind of life but everyone was just busy living it and I was just sat in bed feeling like not feeling like a normal person.
0: And it's such a vulnerable age as well 13 because that's the stage where your body's changing you're getting into your teenage years you're just so vulnerable it's such an impressionable age and so to go through it at that stage of your life that must have been awful.
1: It was awful but it was definitely very enlightening for me. Do
0: you know what it makes a lot of sense now that I know that and know who you are as an adult because I always thought how is she so young and doing all these things and just has like no fear to just go for it and I think actually you having lupus has made you like this because what you've done is you've gone life is short life is precious let me just do what I want to do which not a lot of people even learn in their entire life and you learned that as a teenager that's huge
1: oh thank you I mean because I've reached such a dark point in my life that I never want to reach again I look after myself I protect my energy I live life to the fullest because I don't ever want to be in that stage of my life ever again you know and it's not me like being fearful of it or running from it it's me just genuinely learning from it and being like I can't I can't live in this rut it's a waste of my time and it doesn't feel good yeah well And I don't want to feel like that ever again, you
0: know? That is a big, and big it, lesson to learn. Well, how's your health now?
1: My health is great. Like, I, I was on loads of medication as a child. But, okay. you know, I've I've gone through, like, a, a spiritual journey. Um, and I'm not on any medication anymore.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> because lupus is, like, um, a lifelong thing, isn't it? Like, once you get it, normally it's very near impossible to get rid of it.
1: Definitely. And, like... I just feel like a lot of people that I've spoken to or I've seen or just people in the media, like creatives and artists yeah. and stuff, who have spoken about, you know, their illnesses from their past and how they now just don't believe in Western medicine.
0: Mm.
1: Like it's a common story and it's one that I resonate with a lot. Definitely. I believe that all illnesses root from stress yeah. or just some untapped trauma that you haven't been able to heal and I totally agree you know medicine western medicine whether it's a pill or like you going in to get a drip every now and then like this is just a plaster to the wound that you haven't actually been able to see and heal for yourself Definitely. and so actually you know through this whole journey of mine I realized that my deep 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 wounds obviously like yeah came from my childhood as they all say you know as a child I never felt like I fit into groups I was always falling out of friends always feeling abandoned and mm. like having to leave big groups of friends Mm. and that was a cycle that kept repeating itself and eventually got me really sick you know before I decided to come off my medication I had just gone through that cycle again leaving a massive group that I got heavily attached to Mm. and so being able to recognize that and see that as a relapse it really just helped me to I guess push myself into solitude and like build my independence and a home inside of me so that I don't need to seek it from other people and other groups, you know? That was survival for me. Survival was going towards other people and bouncing off their energies and, you know, living off their energy because I didn't know who I was.
0: Yeah, but um, I think that is very normal. I think you're yeah. learning some massive lessons early on because it normally takes years of therapy for someone to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, you are doing so well. Oh, thank and you've you. saved yourself a bunch of money, I'll tell you that if you already Oh yeah. But
1: like, l- like now <laughs> I love being on my own. It's like I'm s i went from, you know, feeling like I needed to survive from being around other people to now prioritizing being on my
0: own more because I'm so protective of this home that I've spent so long building do you know what I mean that's beautiful yeah I totally know what you mean do you know what that leads us on really nicely to the topic that we wanted to cover in this Mm -hmm. episode which is our failure to recognize toxic people within the workplace and then once we've recognized that there is something toxic going on sometimes it's a failure to know how to leave or get the help that we need or deal with it in some sort of Mm -hmm. way so let's talk about that because I've definitely experienced toxic people in the workplace I know you have for sure and I think most people have actually when I was speaking to a few friends before this episode it it feels like everybody's been through this but Mm not everybody has recognized it when they've been in the moment
1: yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm in a good place now. Good. I have gotten out of a really emotionally abusive management recently. Mm-hmm. But me saying that I've gotten out of it, instead of saying I fired my manager, it I think that just exactly. explains the like the situation before I'm even able to tell you about yeah. what has happened. Right? Yeah, I don't want to be in a place where I'm saying I I, I have escaped this management. Mm-hmm. I want to be at a place where I'm saying yeah I fired my manager because she mm-hmm. wasn't the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. But I I can't say that because of how the situation has unfolded and how I actually feel. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Definitely. And I think you're so brave to be looking at it like that as well rather than placing blame on yourself or placing blame on your circumstance. You know, you're actually calling it out for what it is and not a lot of people can see clearly enough when they're in this situation which you are in right now to actually call it out
1: yeah so what I've been doing throughout this is I've been video journaling Mm. and I'll be entirely honest it's been furious it's been resentful I've had a lot of anger of course that I've needed to vent out and also just seeing myself in that light was new for me because Mm. even the first one I did I said oh I never do video journals and then I just burst into tears after I said I need to learn to love myself again, you know? Um, And so just that experience of video journeying alone is so powerful because it allows you to see parts of yourself Mm. that you never really focused on seeing. Mm,
0: Definitely. So what did the toxic traits look like? How did they start?
1: So all I can really say is the main lesson for me was, yeah, you can listen to your intuition. Like that is something that I'm good at doing. And I feel like a lot Mm. of people know how to do here and there, but there's listening to your intuition and there's acting on it. Right. But Mm. you will know you're in a toxic situation if you're being talked out of your intuition and your boundaries Totally. and they're not being respected. So that, that is like the, the forefront red flag for me of a emotionally abusive situation.
0: Toxic people, they don't know they're being toxic, right? Because it's in them. They don't know. So toxic can look like bullying, gaslighting, undermining, Mm -hmm. emotional blackmail, constantly having to second guess Mm -hmm. yourself, not trusting your intuition, like you say. Because these people, they don't understand boundaries. Boundaries means nothing to them because they don't know how to put them on themselves or put them on other people. Definitely,
1: definitely. Definitely.
0: Being in an environment that changes your energy or changes how you think about yourself or changes how you do your job Mm -hmm. or affect your happiness, Mm -hmm. right? I think all of these things are little red flags. Definitely. Where you can start to think, Oh, what's going on here? Like, why why do I not want to see this person? Why don't I wanna go into work today? Um, why don't I wanna get out of bed in the morning? Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? like that as well but there's loads of little things that happen I think and they creep in and creep in and creep in and then you don't realize until you're in a full-blown anxiety attack where you're like I hate my job I'm stressed out in my mind but actually it could be a person it might not be Mm.
1: and it's so silent because I feel like we watch so many movies and you know series where there's such abusive relationships and then we think in our heads oh, that's not ever going to happen to me. Like, that's Mm. so obvious. And then, you know, little do you know, it's happening to you right in the background so silently, right? And, you know, another couple of things I can say about this situation is don't ever have your friend as a manager. (laughs) Having a manager is like a marriage because you're giving away your baby, which is your career, right? Like, it's this is like one of my first loves is my career. (laughs) So it's like a marriage. Yeah, And it's like, you just need to be careful who you trust in these places because my experience is having your friend as a manager or anyone in you know any role that is close proximity to your career it just means that you're not really able to set your boundaries much more clearly because you're afraid of hurting that person's feelings or damaging the friendship that's the kind of thing that I was tied into you know and I also feel like you never really know people's true motives or if they have any ulterior motives because this person's supposed to be your friend so of course you trust mm. them right of course you trust that they have your best interests at heart and how betraying would it be to discover that they don't of course one thing I would say is we need to stop gendering these safe spaces so in terms of management and the workplace yes we associate white men as danger 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 and women and people of color and even women that are people of color We associate them them with such safety and oh this is where I can be myself and this is going to be home for me but little do you know that whilst you're prioritizing white men as danger these other subcategories are getting away with it so much more easily and in the background
0: for sure and
1: so for me what what was the most upsetting is to know that I wasn't safe and that I had gone into this management knowing oh like she's a woman and she's a person of colour and like this is so right because this is where I feel safe going into that with my guard completely down and with all the trust and faith in the world and being betrayed so I would just say we need to stop gendering these safe spaces and categorizing them and just be vigilant everywhere we go for
0: sure. because
1: it's not women are toxic it's not men are toxic it's people are toxic yeah yeah you know?
0: for sure for sure and not everyone and I think you know, it's it's hard, like you say, when you have a friend who you're working with, because I think you can only really manage one really good relationship with one person at one time so what I mean by that is you can have a really good friendship with someone but you might be terrible at working together because that in itself is a different relationship
1: yeah exactly
0: that colleague to colleague relationship and you need to bring a different side of yourself sometimes to work Mm. than you do to your best friends because when I'm venting to my friend about what Happened to me on the weekend, like I don't need my colleague to hear that then, Mm. as well, Mm -hmm. you know. So, I think those relationships are really, really different. Yeah, I think it's really hard to have those two different relationships work at the same time with the same person.
1: Definitely, definitely. Like, I know going forwards, I need to believe in my power so much more than I do. You can have drive and you can have ambition. But what's dangerous is when you have hunger, when you pair your hunger with lack of self-belief, that's what will get you in a situation like this. To have true self-love and true self-belief and drive instead of hunger is what will get you far. And so that's one of the many things I've learned from this experience. But just, just to kind of, you know, step back from the situation and go, right, well, you've been riding my horse the whole time and everything mm. has come through me and now I'm in a position where I am scared of you and you are telling me what to do mm. do you know what
0: I mean yeah and it's that emotional blackmail as well isn't it because your mates it's like it's, it's easy for them to turn that on and off yeah
1: and so yeah just to kind of encourage young creators and creators everywhere that people are getting in touch with you not your manager but you like they want you not your manager and so you have to believe that wherever you go opportunity will follow because you're the one holding the gifts and the talents
0: yeah definitely yeah what are the things that you think you've learned from from this experience that you'll take into finding a new manager because there is a purpose in management right mm. you can't do it all yourself definitely you can't be the one who's making the content plus managing all the bookings Mm -hmm. and everything, you can't do it all yourself, right? And I think we've learned over the years that we need people to help us grow and do our jobs better. So what are the things that you'll take Mm -hmm. that might be like, I'll never do that again, you know, into finding a new manager? Mm -hmm. Or will you just not have one?
1: Well I'm not gonna have one for a while because I feel like I just I'm I'm really enjoying having my baby back. (laughs) Like my career back. I mean not that it really fully left but just to now have control of how I respond to people and the jobs that I take and the fees that I pitch for myself and the relationships that I'm able to now nurture you know like yeah. I'm really happy to have my baby back but one thing I would say going forward is I wish I spoke to more friends about this but that came from pride so backstory I had been in previous bad management before and my pride said no Jess like of course this isn't bad it can't be the third time where this is another bad management everything's fine you don't need to talk to anyone about this and so that's why I kind of just went along with it for so long is because I didn't want to believe that this was happening to me again you know and so I would say the most powerful thing you can do just in life is put your pride down every now and then or at least know how to because that's when you can actually see things for what they really are rather than through these rose-tinted glasses you know and your friends are the ones who have your best interests at heart I mean depending if you've got a good circle of friends or a bad circle of friends I know I've got a great circle of friends now and I know that now that I am talking to them they are telling me what really is going on and it's easier to do so when they're outside of the situation and you're in it of course there's things you can't see
0: it definitely people can see stuff that you can't see when you're in a situation yeah that's for sure
1: yeah 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 transparency is key like by friends I mean yes your close knitted friends but also friends within the industry and I think this is also why I feel so passionate to talk about this topic is I'm very grateful that I have A community and a network of creatives who I can ask Mm. but there are so many abundantly talented young creatives out here who do not have that who have built a digital persona and don't actually really have all these important connections you know in advertising finance and Mm. influencing and marketing like you know, their, their in-person network may be smaller. There are so many creatives with heaps of talent who just don't really have people to talk to. And yes, like amongst where I've been in circles and roaming around in workplaces, this conversation does come up so much. Like there is always someone toxic in the workplace. Always. Always. And I just feel like, okay, well, we can keep talking about some groups, but that's not going to help all these young creatives who don't have as much of a network as we do
0: do you know what I mean so what would your advice to them be Jess is there any networks or anything out there that you would really recommend people to get involved with
1: um babes on waves I think trust how you feel around people as well if you feel the slightest bit of anxiety around someone don't suppress it and don't self-sabotage that's your Mm. compass and that's your guide that's your body telling you we don't feel safe here and you need to listen to that and we do this thing where We feel like we need to explain why we're feeling things. So, okay, I I feel I feel weird around this person, but you know, I don't I don't know why. I can't figure out why. So it must be fine. You don't always need a logical, pragmatic reason as to why you're feeling unsafe or unsure around someone.
0: Definitely, I think that's really good advice.
1: Yeah. So just go with your feeling.
0: Yeah. So what else can be done once we've realised that? there is something or Mm. someone in the office, or that I'm working with, I don't want to be a part of it Mm. anymore. It's draining me. I mean, I know that my advice would be to leave, but I know you can't always leave. And I've definitely been in a situation where I've not been able to Mm -hmm. leave as quickly as I wanted to. So when I was in my really bad toxic workplace environment I had yeah. to find another job before I could yeah. leave because we've got bills to pay right we've all yeah. got rent we've all we all need to eat and I, I don't have months and months of savings in the bag where I could have just mm. left and found a new job yeah so I had to put up with it whilst I was looking for a new job and whilst I got something and for me what I did was I did real clear Cut offs, so I only worked my hours, which I know can sound silly, but at the time, I was putting in way more hours than I should have been because this toxic person mm-hmm. was making me feel like I wasn't good at my job. So what I did was I did like a hard start at half past nine and then a hard stop at half past five. I took a lunch break. I avoided as many meetings that this person was in as possible. Also, the other thing I did was mm-hmm. turning notifications off on of my phone because they would text mm-hmm. me a lot during the day. And it was just a constant state of anxiety that I was sitting in the whole day next Mm. to my phone waiting for them to contact me. So I did that to try and cut that out a little bit. But Mm -hmm. it was hard and I had to be disciplined. So is there anything like that that you've had to do to kind of put up with the situation whilst you've still had to be in it? Yeah,
1: definitely. And one thing I can say in response to what you said is doing the right thing isn't always comfortable, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So you setting boundaries was the right thing to do, but that's that's not us saying that it's easy, peasy and comfortable. but all I can also say is that after you've done it the first time, it becomes so much easier the second time and then the third time and the fourth time, you know, so I had given him my notice, but we were still due a massive payment that was yeah. going to come through, and there was a situation where she was responding quite emotionally to me handing my notice and I just thought okay well this is a working partnership and mm-hmm. I'm going to keep this professional and I'm just gonna keep it work related yes and then it got to a point where knowing that she was still due to owe me this big check of money plus a bit more and um, she basically said I'm not going to talk about work until you address my emotions and how I'm feeling
0: Wow.
1: And so she threatened me, and wow. I was on my couch like shaking for my life. My first thought, and we always jump to the worst case scenario out of protective mechanism. My first thought was, oh, I need to get a lawyer. She's probably like unhappy with me and not going to pay me. La di da di da. And this is where I learned to put my pride on the floor because yes, I could only be a shell of myself. What real Jess wanted to say was, How dare you? Yeah. But what I had to do was play ball in order to get what i need from her right and so that's the importance of putting your pride down is it can literally save you in situations like this
0: that must have been so scary so scary yeah. because because you need paid right you need the money and when you feel stuck or trapped in a situation that they are holding you to with their threatening behavior that is blackmail but this is
1: also why i say talk to your friends in the industry because As I was sitting on my couch crying my eyes out, I got a phone call from a friend who is experienced in this kind of realm and he gave me the advice to play ball. And if I hadn't heard that, if I hadn't been divinely guided to that phone call and heard that piece of information, God knows what would have happened. Mm. My main three lessons is listen to your gut, because at the very beginning of this management, I promise you, I wrote in my journal, you cannot enter this management. There is something about this that doesn't feel right. My gut does not feel right about this.
0: Oh, my God. My whole body just got goosebumps. Yeah it's yes. so weird.
1: So I wrote it down. I wrote it down. I, I will probably find this journal. I mean, it's in my mum's shed, but I'm going to find it and just read it properly. But I definitely wrote an entry saying, you cannot let this woman manage you.
0: Wow. you yeah. can't see this, but all my hairs are standing on the edge of my face yes. when she said that. And it's 20 degrees today. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. And I know. so, yeah, that was that was me listening to my intuition, but not acting on it. So that's, that's lesson number one. Lesson number two, learn to put your pride down because of the situation I just explained. And number three, talk to your friends and your friends among the industry always throughout the entire thing, because they will protect you. They are your guardian angels through the whole thing.
0: Wow. Wow. I love that. And there's definitely lots of collectives out they are female founders she founds there's a lot I'll put a list actually um on the podcast notes so that people can have a look at that in case they need some guidance on where to go to get help or not even help just to find a community find Mm -hmm. their tribe within the creative industries
1: yeah do you know what I was contemplating this the other day I was like oh bloody love being freelance but it's hard <laughs> that doesn't mean you're not susceptible to all the shitty things that happen in a normal workplace if not it's probably worse and there's less people around you like in a workplace you've got loads of colleagues who who are on the same boat as you but being freelance like yeah you have to have a lot of faith and get used to being on your own too
0: yeah for sure for sure let's talk about what's next for you Jess Young because you've always got an amazing project coming up So tell us what's happening with your music, because that's really exciting.
1: Yeah, so I am going to release something else this year, I promise. Also on the topic of Boys and Polish, we are working on a short film, which should be out very soon. Um, Yeah, we're just just wrapping up the editing process.
0: That is so exciting!
1: (laughs) I'm excited to show that to the world because it's just like so wholesome and so beautiful and yeah made with so many special people in my
0: life so really excited what made you decide to make a film that's amazing
1: it's been on my mind for a while but it actually came up when I was releasing my single fathers because I was thinking a lot about like masculinity and the relationship between me and my dad and I thought you know on the topic of boys and polish like it would be really amazing to tap into that into like Fatherhood,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so the wow. short film is actually exploring the relationships between fathers and sons in this generation. Wow, yeah,
0: Goodness. that's incredible! Um, <laughs> well done, you thank you, thank you so much. And did I see on Instagram that you made that on like no budget or
1: something? Yeah, like? we made it on no budget, just lots of love, love, heart, and soul. <laughs> 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 we tried, we tried to get a budget, but we're just not there yet.
0: And yet it it did not stop you. No money, that's it. I don't care, I'm still Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. And also just grateful for the amazing women who were willing to do this with me and share the same passion.
0: Was it a team of all women? Yeah, yeah,
1: all women crews. And it's just been so lovely and so organic. It literally just feels like every time we went to shoot, we just went on like a road trip and had a fun girls' day.
0: I think some people would think, oh no, I don't have the experience or, you know, I'm not a man so I'm not going to do that. I love how you just go, do you know what? Let me take a platform for myself. No one's going to give me it, so I'm just going to go out there and get it and do it. I love that. I think. It's
1: yeah. Cool. I mean, I also never thought of it in
0: that perspective that you just said as well. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That's amazing. It's amazing that that hasn't even come oh, into your thank height. you thank yeah, you. Yeah, I think it's great. So when's the film mate? Like? We well, don't
1: know, <laughs> but we're still working on it. Yeah all i can say is it's coming really
0: soon (laughs) So as usual you're working on many things
1: (laughs) but when it does happen when it does happen it's going to be amazing that's all i know for sure
0: oh thank you so much for coming on jess's chat has been amazing and i think like thank you for having me no not at all you're so to more episodes of failing to succeed check us out on spotify or itunes or go to failingtosucceed.co.uk